TLGPE DNA shares some of the tips and tricks required to deliver outstanding PE lessons. In these podcasts, we focus on the how to teach element of PE, looking specifically at how we teach, how we maximise learning and how we grow the individuals. Teach, learn, grow. The principles that TLGPE was founded on. Hi and welcome to this TLGPE DNA podcast. I'm Matt and I'm joined by Colin for this podcast and we're going to talk about formative assessment, one of the four areas of how we maximise learning in PE. Morning Colin. Morning, you alright? Very well, yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. So assessment, uh, the the horrible word sometimes in PE. The difficult word rather than the horrible. The difficult word, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean look, it's not easy and the purpose of this particular podcast is just to try and talk through some best practices and some ideas of how to get assessment uh, A, completed in PE lessons, but B, also to make sure that it's not impacting learning and in fact, uh, obviously, if anything, it's benefiting the learning of the children. Yeah, I mean, you, like, like you've just said, you, you used the word that in PE lessons, not before, not after, in PE lessons, it can be done. Yeah, it can, but it is difficult. And look, this isn't a this isn't a preaching podcast of you have to assess, so therefore you should and all that. It's, it is difficult because there's no there's nothing to refer to you know the reality is 99% of the time is you you assess what you see and obviously in other subjects there's more uh, people are more used to assessing from books and being able to read it in their own time after the fact and being able to um, moderate from different kind of lessons if you like or even different schools you know people book share they'll go and you know show each other what they do and then from that build a kind of assessment sort of model and PE is different because you know it, it really can only be done live you know yeah, uh, yeah once it once it's done that's it unless you have yeah, unless you have a means of capturing it you know and video is an option you know video is an option to assess from um, it's also a, a great way of moderating because you can you can see either in school what individual teachers accept is met or accept is an achievement of a learning objective uh, which some other teachers might not so if there is a difference of opinion yeah because you, you do get you do tend to get that a lot I'm sure you get it in other subjects but PE you get that a lot where you think wow this kid's great at let's, let's go away from tag rugby for once you know this kid's great at football yeah he's in year five is he great at football or is he great in this class yeah and and you know without you've obviously got to manage the man hours of moderation in PE and yeah. if you, to have a subject leader going into every lesson uh, you know watching the children cross-referencing the assessment making sure they are where they should be making sure that the the teacher has got the right levels in there kind of in place for what is what is a good or what is a met is difficult you know and if I think one of the key things is that schools schools who embrace technology and who are forward thinking in the way they deal with things is a real benefit and if you can if you can use the things that are out there to use you know the options available to you one of which is video then it makes sense now i know there's there's issues with videoing children especially in but if you are if that video isn't going anywhere if it's in-house if it's deleted when it's used you know all and you follow all the the sort of the protocol that you should then there really is no issue with it and it allows it allows teachers to view their own performance so you know away from assessment for a little bit it's a very good cpd tool you know they can see their teaching ability they can see what they do but also they can watch the children and they can go back and they say wow i didn't see that you know that particular child could do that so well or i didn't see that that child was so engaged in the game or it gives you a a different perspective on it and i think that 
if you if you can do that then that is the easiest way to integrate assessment but you know it's not there is other ways you know the lesson is the live lesson is another way yeah i mean there's there are ways way different ways of assessing live in the lesson you know not let's say let's say you haven't got the facilities to video or you're not allowed to video yeah. or anything like that. it's still possible and once you get your head around it, not too difficult to assess during the lesson. No, I mean, you've got to get the balance right. You've got to get the balance right of how much time you spend on the assessment and how much time you spend on the teaching. Yeah. You know, so you that, don't... That's a big one, isn't it? You're not, you're not marking what they can already do. You know? Yeah, you don't, want to be, you don't want to be kind of ticking things off and then just, you know, head down in a, in, on a spreadsheet or in an iPad or something like that. You, you want to be actively teaching the lesson, but you also want to create an opportunity where when you see something... You, know, you can mark it off as as achieving the learning objective and you know there's a few different things that come into this it's not just time and effort you know there there is subject knowledge which comes into this because the more you know the easier that is yeah you know if, if you've got to look at a forward role and then tick it off against the criteria of you know did they tuck their head to their chin did their hands go down first did they make sure that their head didn't touch the floor as they roll? You know, all these kind yeah, of yeah. criteria. If you've got to go through that sheet every time you look at a forward roll, then it's going to slow down the process. If your knowledge is so good and it's so ingrained that you look at a forward roll and say, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Then, because you've kind of almost subliminally gone through those checks, then it's obviously a quicker process. So subject knowledge is important. You know, having having the support network around you in P can be important. If you've got TAs in there with you, you know, having a specific role for those. So it's not just about doing it or not doing it. It's about building up the skill set, particularly on the knowledge front, to be able to do it effectively do and quickly. Well. Yeah, and, and it's it's important how you, it's important where your children are in the lesson as well. I, as in like the groups of children or pairs or teams or whatever they are. Yeah, you're looking at a similar thing for six or seven people at a time, or what, whatever the number of group is. Yeah, and and. You know, that's where I think that grouping the children in PE is so important because we sometimes forget that, you know, because in the classroom, the children will be set into the place they're set in for a reason. Yeah. You know, now I'm not saying what that reason should or shouldn't be, but there will be a reason. Very, very rare that you come across a classroom where the teacher has said, right, children, sit where you want and that will be your place for all of our lessons. Yeah, I mean, you, you even know? get it you just when something wants to be said you've, you know, especially in key stage one they've all got their carpet spaces or whatever yeah and, and you have you know you need you'll have schools where their numeracy and literacy places are different yeah you know and that's because they're grouped right for that subject so you know we talk a lot in these podcasts about how PE is different but isn't different and that's one thing that isn't different you know you still should be grouping children to get the best success possible for them and that might either be they're going to be grouped on ability. So we're going to have, you know, this game requires three groups. I need a, a lower, middle and a higher group. It might be that this game requires a lot of cooperation. So I need to think about the ways I group children from a relationship yeah. and personality point of view. You know, it may be that actually this child is very good and he would benefit from being on that group and helping some of the weaker learners. So, but the key thing is if you have a way you group it, there's a reason there's for, a reason it. for yeah. it, not just... Right, you nine on that pitch, you nine on that pitch, you nine on that pitch, because then you end up creating an environment where potentially some children can't or won't succeed. Yeah, I mean, there's something you said earlier. You said about um, there's there's a reason for you know they've always got certain places they should be. They've you know it's 
they're, they're used to that classroom environment wherever they sit. And yeah. this is something we're going to talk about another time in a different podcast. But the learning environment, you know, PE is different, but not. Yeah. So let's keep it not different. Let's do whatever we can to make it less different. That probably yeah, I mean, it, than it, sounded, it, it should it should be fun. And I think so. You know, you do have to factor in the fun element of PE, and you do want children to be able to play with their friends. You know, of so you do, but yeah. but also they are in PE to learn. It is a a lesson. It is a subject, and from that you have to assess or mark or track whatever word you want to use their performance to get the best performance possible you need to create the right environment and part of that is is knowing where the children currently are so so tracking assessing right continually through the unit of work and then using that assessment to shape the learning so you know if you've I don't know try and think of an analogy so if you're doing a, a hockey unit of work and you're looking at uh, moving the ball with the open and the reverse side of the stick yep. yeah and you've you've done a few lessons on that uh, sorry you've done a few games in that as part of the first week of lessons and you've got a bank of basic assessment as to what level people are at from that ability to dribble the next week when you're then putting the children into groups it should be based on that assessment you know that's that's pretty common sense yeah. because for whatever reason you know and we don't talk about this, this is a bit of a taboo really in in education generally but if you've seen in the first week that some children have met that learning objective already the reality is that in the next PE lesson you're not going to spend as much time looking at them yeah you know rightly or wrongly well wrongly but that's the way it is and we don't it's a bit of an unmentioned thing you know that we we focus on the ones that generally can't do it because there's so many things to focus on that you end up moving your attention to where you think it's needed most now what should happen really is, is I don't think there's anything wrong with that personally what I do think is that when you've then got everybody assessed and met you are then pushing your mets onto your exceedings yeah. and even if you have measured them as met in week one the challenge should be changed in week two to get them thinking about overachieving and exceeding the objective yeah definitely but you, you don't want to be moving them too far that they're moving into the next year's scheme of work no but you don't have to do that because this is about embedding knowledge it's yeah. not about it's not about a building block of you know, you can now dribble with the open and reverse stick of the side. Now I want you to do that as 3D dribbling, which is when the, when you do that off the ground. You know, I don't want to do that. I don't need to do that. What I want to do is get you really, really confident in different situations yeah, yeah. that you can dribble with the open and reverse stick of the side. It changes uh, that technique into a skill, right? Yeah, yeah not some, just... Put some pressure on. Not just going in and out of cones. Yeah. And that's then, we talked before about the mastery of PE. You know, that's what that is. It's being able to perform the skill in different situations. Yeah. So... I think that the, the assessment and the shaping of groups is fundamental from from a teaching and learning perspective. You know, and we get hung up about assessment being for Ofsted, and assessment being for the DfE, and assessment being for something we have to do to prove that our provision is working. Well, actually, assessment is to improve the quality of teaching and learning. And it does. It, if it's done right, it, it, it does. Yeah. In my in my opinion, I think. Yeah, and 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 that that allows you, you know, to to be really fluid in the way you you teach your lessons because if you have groups that are specifically at a level for want of a better term then you can move children between those groups dynamically in the lesson and allow them to experience and expose them to things that their current group isn't quite doing so you know if you've got a if you've got a, a met group or an average group and you're you've got an exceeding group and they're doing a game that's the same game but it's slightly different there's a different um, parameter in the rules that means they can't do this or they must do that or whatever 
if you've got a child in that middle pitch who is who is delivering then you have the option to push them a little bit and you have the option to move them into the other pitch and go right let's see if you can cope with this in my experience they'll try and push themselves as well if they know that's why yeah you know some people say oh you shouldn't let a kid know they're being assessed well, yeah, use a different word but they want to play they'll see that it's a higher level and they want to play it as you alluded to earlier especially if their mates are in that group and they they want to do better yeah to get to, yeah to, yeah, no, yeah, yeah I agree I think that they, they they do generally and I think that it's not a bad thing to want to do that I think that you know you in, in anything really the more you can push people sometimes some children will know or will think they know their own limitations and will work inside them some children need that guidance and that just little gentle kind of push or encouragement or, you know to to move forward and get better and it might be that moving groups or just giving them a specific challenge in their pitch you know is is the way to do that but what fundamentally it all goes back to the fact that if you don't actually know what the children can do you don't assess that performance then it becomes very difficult to shape the learning going forward yeah so you end up with a generic plan regardless of what can and can't be done so you end up with a marking system you know that's the reality of it we you know i see a lot of lessons where the teachers are marking what the children can do so they're going in and they're sort of saying well you know he can't dribble with the uh, the open and reverse side of the stick but that's not overly surprising if he's never tried to or never been taught how to yeah this is what he needs to be doing by the end of year four correct or yeah or whatever the, the end of the unit so he, it's a case of you know right where are they now right now he can now he's probably met that learning objective but he's not sound in it he's not it's not secure as some schools use you know so we need to keep we need to keep that going and we need to give him more exposure to different situations where he can practice that skill some children might play hockey twice a week outside of school and as soon as you say dribble with the inside uh, open and reverse side of the stick they're you know they're, they're in and out the cones or they're around the players and, and then the challenge has to be changed for them because they've already achieved so they've got to be then pushed forward and there's other children who can't hold the stick correctly so but that doesn't change the learning objective. You don't then say, well, actually, it'd be really good if you could just hold the stick properly. You've just got to change the way you teach the technique and subsequently the skill in order to get every child meeting. And the range of progress will be different, you know, because the person who couldn't hold the stick to achieving is a, is a larger range of progress yeah, yeah. to the child who could do it open side but not quite master the reverse yet. Our job as teachers is to make sure that every child makes progress. And to do that, we have some parameters we set of, right, by the end of the year, we'd like to see this. And that's what you've got to try and get them to. But to do that, you've got to track where they currently are. You know, it's... Yeah, I think... I sound th like a broken record. <laughs> no, I think the um, I think the message at the end of all of this is that formative assessment, don't think of it as a chore. It's actually a really useful tool to help you with the children's learning. Yeah, and like many things, I think that you you have to do it for the reason it should be done don't yeah. get hung up by the fact that we have to do it because of Ofsted so if you're if you're going to buy a system that allows you to assess or you know whatever yeah that system is not being bought to show Ofsted yeah, that's just a, a side product it's not a box ticking exercise yeah that's just yeah. a side product that yes it's great because you can show it to Ofsted but you have you're buying it really to help your teachers teach better PE lessons and by teaching better PE lessons helping your pupils get a better attainment and progress further in their P curriculum. Absolutely. 
Okay, I think that's about all we've got time for today. Uh, as always, thanks again for listening, and don't forget to check out all 12 of the podcasts in the TLGPE DNA program. Speak to you soon. <laughs>